You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. Thought about, there's always someone that has it worse than us. You, you, ever, you ever had one of those days when, when you know, you're just thinking about your life and what you got going on and all of us have problems? Well, I think most of us. Uh, we, have, we have situations going on. And, uh, and we think to ourselves, man, it's, it's just so bad. And, and then you see a story like this and you say, man, I really don't have it that bad. But the one thing that stands out to me about Travis's story is that he says... Uh, you know, every day is a challenge for me, but I know that I am going to overcome. And uh, last week I talked about um, how important it is for us to overcome because if we don't, there's three things that will try to define us. And the first thing that tries to define us is our past Amen. and our past failures. And people like to bring up our past, Right? And we, we learn that, that God doesn't look at us that way. We have a new identity in Christ. And, and when you have that identity, you begin to look at yourself differently and you begin to walk in the, in the attributes that Christ has for us. The other thing that we don't have to be defined by is our addictions. And usually your past and your past failures or something that's been done to you will trigger you to begin to have addictions. And you'll try to medicate yourself or you'll try to... Uh, medication comes in a lot of forms. It could come in a form that you take or it can come in a form that you look at or it can come in a form that you, that you, that you do, you know, uh, a lot of different forms. And, uh, and, and then you become addicted and that becomes your solving, how you solve things. So you don't have to be defined that way when you're in Christ. And then the, the last thing that I talked about, which I think is so important, is that we don't have to be defined by the accusations that are thrown at us. And sometimes those are thrown at us uh, from the outside. Sometimes those are thrown at us from the inside because the devil works on our minds. And you begin to accuse yourself and you have all these negative, negative thoughts. You think of yourself as a loser. You're not going to amount to anything. And, and then you, you, you begin to believe that. How many of you know that you begin to believe what you think? Or you begin to believe what people say? And we found out that you don't have to be defined in any of those. But you can be defined in the finished work of the cross which tells us that Jesus conquered the cross. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. Not only is, is greater our, is he who is in us and he who is in the world. Remember last week we talked about that? Not only is greater, which is God who is in us, than the devil who's in the world trying to destroy us, but the Bible says that we are over, overcomers. We overcome. We are more than conquerors. Through Christ. In fact, tell your neighbor right now, you're more than a conqueror. Can you say that to someone? Yeah. Do you believe that? Yeah. You know, today is Palm Sunday. It's the day in history that we remember uh, Jesus as he came off the mountain uh, and he went into the city of Jerusalem. And uh, the story of our Savior is a story of overcoming. Jesus had to overcome 
several things that we have to overcome. He had to overcome rejection. Anyone ever been rejected before? He had to overcome betrayal. Anyone ever felt betrayed by someone? He had to overcome abandonment. And then the last thing that he had to overcome, which we we will all face, is he had to overcome death. And the reason that he could is because Jesus is a conqueror. And beloved, can I say this to you? You, if you're in Christ, you are a conqueror. I've got five points that I want to talk about. And uh, I want to pray first. Can we, can we do that? Father, thank you for second service. Every person in here is special. Every person in here was fearfully and wonderfully made in their, in the, their mother's womb. And Lord, you have a plan for every person. My prayer is that as we open up your word that we can align our lives and our will with your plan and that you can speak to us today about being more than a conqueror and, Lord, that we can, we can receive it and appropriate it into our lives. I, I pray for every person here. I pray for ears to be opened and hearts to be opened. Lord, the hearts that, are, that are, have a wall around them, I pray that that will be broken through the power of Jesus and through the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord God, so that hearts will, will, re, will receive and they'll feel the love that you have for them. And Lord God, that, that they'll be able to not only listen, but they'll be able to receive what is spoken. And I pray that you'll be with me, Lord God, your messenger, that I will speak boldly, Lord God, and with the authority that comes from your cross. And by your name, Lord, may things happen that will glorify the name of Jesus. We pray this in his name. And all of God's people said... Amen. So um, five things that I want to talk about. The first thing about being more than a conqueror is when when adversity comes, when adversity comes, we will be more than conquerors. Tell your neighbor one more time, you're more than a conqueror. Because I want them to grab a hold of that. Adversity, okay, the story of of Palm Sunday is one of adversity. Jesus is coming down the mount into Jerusalem, and and sure, people, they're celebrating his arrival. And if you want to know more about the the whole Palm Sunday uh, experience, go to the podcast. And two weeks ago, I talked about it just very uh, explicitly and very clearly. But today, I want to kind of bring another angle, okay? So Jesus is coming down the mount into Jerusalem, and the people are celebrating, but he knew what was going to await him, and what was going to await him was adversity. And adversity is a state or condition or instance of serious or continued difficulty or adverse fortune. I read that in, in, uh, in, from Webster's, and guess what I, what I concluded? A state, condition, or instance of serious or continued difficulty? Life. Life. Life is full with conditions and and affairs or states of serious or continued difficulty. And guess what? When you get past one difficulty, guess what happens? There's another one. 
So I thought about life, and Jesus went into a city that was going to reject him. They were going to spit on him. They were going to beat him, and then they were going to kill him. Adversity. And this week uh, that we call the the, the Passion Week, uh, we, we find that it's because of God's passion for people. You know, we call it Passion Week because God had such passion and such love for people. He was willing to, to go and, 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 and go to the cross. And, and uh, could you feel that, that prayer that Benny prayed? And, and, and pray, Benny, as he's praying, he's, he's talking about uh, the week that's coming and, and talking about us remembering what Jesus has done. There's passion there because he loves us so much. The Bible tells us that in his final days that Jesus went before the Father and he prayed. And he said, Father, if, if you're willing, take this cup from me. Yet, not my will, but yours be done. And an angel from heaven, in, in Luke's gospel it tells us, an angel from heaven appeared to him and he strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. Now, I've told you, uh, as, I, as I share with you, that when I read the Bible, I, you can read this in about four seconds. There's a lot more than four seconds going on right here. You see that Jesus is, is saying, Father, I don't think he's saying, Father, uh, if, if, this, if you're willing, um, take this cup from me. I think he's saying, Father, if you're willing... Take this cup, or another word, take this adversity from me. And then he says, no, not my will, but your will be done. I want you to think about something. When you're going through a very difficult time, do you ever pray, Lord, please take this from me? Do you ever think to yourself, Lord, take this from me. That's exactly what Jesus did. It teaches me that Jesus did not particularly like adversity. If he would have liked it, he would have never told the Father to take it from him. It means he could relate to you. Beloved, I'm going to say something. If you're going through a difficult time, God relates to you. If you're in a situation right now that is so difficult and you think no one understands, can I tell you the Bible shows us that Jesus relates to you. He knows what it is to face a difficult time. But what I also learned from Scripture is that God will always provide strength for difficult times. The Bible says that, that an angel from heaven was sent to Jesus to strengthen him. Could you imagine? I don't, it doesn't say if he was kneeling down. It doesn't say if he was standing up here. We got a picture, and it shows, you know, that's what we're thinking that maybe was happening. He's in the Garden of Gethsemane, and we're, you know, we're picturing that. But it doesn't say that if he's kneeling down. But what we do know for sure is that he's hurting, 
and he's in anguish. And the father doesn't close his eyes to him. He sends an angel to strengthen him. And what it tells me, beloved, is that when we're going through our most difficult times, that God will always provide strength. It may come through a person. It may come through the word of God. It may come through a situation. God will always provide strength. It also teaches us that adversity is tough. It made our Lord Jesus sweat actual blood because of the pressure of going to the cross. He, the, history tells us, med, medicine tells us, a me, medical field, that you can actually sweat blood if you are going through intense stress. How many of us have ever been stressed out with pressure? It's difficult. It's very difficult, and Jesus went through that. But the one thing that we can trust is that when adversity came at Jesus, he overcame. The one thing that we can grab a hold of, beloved, is that when adversity came at Jesus, he overcame. And because, remember what we learned last week, if anyone is in Christ, you're in him, you're a what? A new creation. So adversity, can I tell you something? You will overcome. I'm not even telling you you can overcome. I'm saying in Christ, you will overcome. But you need to grab a hold of something. Adversity is never easy. Adversity is difficult. But you'll overcome it. One of the things that stands out to me as well, there's a lot of nuggets right here. I could spend a whole sermon on this. Another thing that stands out is Jesus says, not my will be done, but your will be done, right? Because, hear me now, because he knew the help would come from the Father. Can I tell you, when you're going through adversity, you're not alone. You're not alone. God is with us every step of the way. And in adversity, you're going to find strength to make it. And when you do, you're going to see, just like the footprints in the sand, that it's God that has carried us through the most difficult times of our lives. Beloved, just don't jump ship. Don't bail when adversity comes. We need to welcome the help of the Father. We need to follow the example of Jesus, and we need to embrace the power of the Holy Spirit. How many of you know who Corey Ten Boom is? Corey Ten Boom was a, a, a woman that during the Holocaust, her family helped so many Jews that were being killed and slaughtered and taken into concentration camps to the point that her family was taken into prison by Nazi Germany. In prison, her dad died. In prison, her sister Betsy died, and, and Corey Tin was supposed to die, but they had a, they had a, a, a misunderstanding uh, uh, with, with her paperwork, and she was freed because God had a plan. And Corey Tin Boone said this, and I love it. She says, when a train goes through a tunnel and it gets dark, you don't throw away the ticket and jump off. You sit still and you trust the engineer. When a train goes through a tunnel, 
It gets dark. You certainly don't jump off. You just sit back, keep your ticket in your pocket, and you trust the engineer. Can I tell you something, beloved? In adversity, it seems like we're going through a tunnel. It seems dark. But at that time, sometimes we need to sit still and watch God. He's at work. And trust the engineer. The Bible says that Jesus is the God of light. Amen? There's always light at the end of the tunnel. I worked underground. I know that. One, two, three, one, baby. For you miners, you know what I'm saying. One, two, three, one. That means take me home. One, two, three, one. That's for the cage to take us to the surface. I used to love that ding, 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 ding. Amen? Jesus will always get us through the darkest places of our lives. We will overcome. Tell your neighbor that. We will overcome. Point number two, when setbacks come, when setbacks come, we're also more than conquerors. Anyone in here ever had a setback? No, not us. That's first service. You know, Travis, here's Travis, a Marine, or I don't know if he was Army, I'm pretty sure he was a Marine. A soldier walking through the minefields, right? And one day, he had a major setback in his life. No arms, no legs. How many of us know that in life, we might make our plans, but we never know what life may throw our way? How many of you know you can go to drive down the road, and in one instant, boom, there's a commercial. Have you seen it on texting? Anyone seen that commercial? It's sure making me put my phone away. They did a good job because that is ugly. But in one instant, things can change like that. There's a passage uh, where, where Jesus is preparing his closest disciples for his death. And he knew that his death was going to be a major setback so uh, think about it. Everything was wonder, wonderful when Jesus was at the side of the, the disciples, the side of the apostles. But he, he was preparing them as he's going to the cross. And he says these words. He says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Believe, you believe in God, he says, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have, would I have not told you? Um, and he says, I am going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare, prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going. So how can we know the way? And Jesus answered, and, and most of us know this. Jesus answered and he said, I am the way and the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. You see, a major, major, major setback in the lives of the disciples was going to be turned into a conquering experience. Think about that. When a major, major setback comes into our lives, it's an opportunity for God to turn it around to be a conquering experience for his glory. Grab a hold of that, beloved. 
grab a hold of that. But first thing they had to learn was they needed to, they needed to learn to trust God, the Father. And then they needed to learn to trust God, the Son. Amen? Because Jesus said, believe in God and also believe in me, right? And he put himself in the same category as God, so that makes him what? God. Let me say that again. (laughs) Bible scholars, come on. Jesus says, you trust in God, trust also in me. Okay, so he puts himself in the same category as God that makes him God. But he's God the Son. Very good. Now you guys, we're learning something, okay? Praise God. So as he does that, he's, he's saying setbacks, what I see, he's saying setbacks are wonderful opportunities that allow God to make us conquerors. And not only that, do you notice that God is always preparing something? You notice that? He's, here he was preparing a dwelling place in heaven for the disciples, for all of us that trust in Jesus. He's preparing something, and he also is preparing opportunities for us here on the earth. So he's always doing something. When you're going through a setback, just think about this. He's always doing something where you don't see so that you can overcome and you can be a blessing. Amen? We spent Thursday night with a young man who I love dearly. And he's having a major setback in his life, and I almost want to cry right now, and I don't usually do that. He's going through cancer, and uh, he's full of cancer in his back. His name's Eisen. And he was on the worship team here at Living Word Chapel about 10 years ago. He was very faithful, loved the Lord, and... um, He's got a major setback in his life. And he came down and we had a barbecue and we ate, we cooked out and had a great time. And, and then they had praise and worship practice and we, we asked him if he wanted to stay. And he brought his, his girlfriend with him. And, and as she came in and I, I talked to her beforehand and asked her what her background was with, was with God and what her church background. And she said, I was raised in this denomination and very legalistic denomination. So she had a very negative experience with church because you couldn't do anything. You had to wear dresses. You had to to be a certain way. So she had a very negative experience with church. But as she was around us, and we were laughing laughing so much, and and I was just joking with with Eisen because I love him, and and that's the way we we carry on. And and, uh, 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 Sean and the team came up, and they started worshiping God. And how many of you know that God inhabits the praises of his people? So God is here when you praise him. And so as we sat in the back, um, uh, I could just see the Lord just moving on both of them. And, and uh, uh, at the end of the night, uh, my brother says, I, I gotta, we got to go. And, and she's like, I don't want to go. I'm just loving it. And, uh, but here's the thing, that last time we saw him, he couldn't walk. Because he's got major cancer in his back, and it's inoperable. And uh, tumors in his back. And so, uh, but he came this time, and he's on a cane. And we anointed, anointed him with oil. And I believe in the power of the name of Jesus. Amen. And I don't know if the Lord's going to take him home, but I'm, I'm believing that he's going to be more than a conqueror. Amen. And we're going to see miracles. Amen. And so a major setback can be turned into a testimony for the glory of God. Amen. Can I tell you something, beloved? We all have setbacks. Eisen did not know 
five years ago that he's going to be walking with a cane. He did not know that he was going to be having chemo, radiation, and all these different things. But he's there. And he has a setback. And what he's done is he's defaulted, not to the world and the ways of the world. He's defaulted to the ways of God and to the strength of Jesus Christ. And it teaches us, beloved, because he's not perfect. And can I tell you, neither are you. And can I say something? Neither am I. When setbacks come, we can go to Jesus and let him begin to work in our lives and change our lives. Tell someone, when setbacks come, please don't whisper. (laughs) Say say it like you mean. When setbacks come, we're more than conquerors. Do you believe that? Amen. Point, point number three, when trials come, when trials come, and they will. In fact, James wrote this. James wrote, consider it pure joy, my brothers. And, and, and here's the thing. I, I, I read that. I read it. I'm going, I'm going to glory. You know, the Lord's going to take me home because I've trusted in Jesus. And I'm going to meet James. And we have eternity to talk. And I'm going to say, dude, how can you say, <laughs> consider it pure joy when you go through trials, right? But that's, that's what the Word of God says, and it's true. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. So trials move us forward for something better, Amen. It produces perseverance. And it says, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So while these trials come in different colors, they come in different forms, there's one thing that we need to know. It it will always strengthen our faith. There's an author by the name of uh, Kristen Heisman. And she wrote a book called Sweet Boundless, Christian writer. And she wrote this, and I like what she said. She says, Christ has accomplished your salvation. In other words, if you've trusted in Jesus, you're saved. Nothing can take it away. Amen? He washed your sins in the past, in the present, and in the future. But then she goes on to say, but he has not perfected your circumstances. Do not be confused in the two. How many of you know that our circumstances go up and up and down, up and down? There's bumps in our road. They're filled with testing. They're filled with maneuvering. And as I I look at that, it's a biblical formula for conquerors. In other words, trials equal and they point to testing. When you go through a trial, it will point you to testing. Then that equals and points you to perseverance. And then that equals and it points you to maturity. So in life, trials are given to us for a reason. And the reason is to gauge where we are in our walk. When you're going through a trial, it's always going to show where you are in your trust in God. It's going to show God where we are. Amen? Amen. Think about it this way. Think if you're at work or at a place and, and there's a $20 bill on the, uh, on the table. And you're at work, and you know, nobody's going to see anything until you put the $20 in your pocket. Could that be a testing? A tri- 
Now think, what if your boss planted it there? Now just think about this. What if your boss planted that right there? Well, Art, you're a landscaper, Art, and you, you work real hard out there. And just think about this. What if somebody just threw, a, you know, something down there and, and, and said, let's, let's see what this guy's going to do. You ever think like that? And he's going, mm-hmm. What you got in your pocket? Nothing. It ain't nothing. But think about it. Sometimes that's testing right there. And maybe that boss will say, you say, you go, maybe, let's just go to another scenario. Find it on the table. You say, hey, I, I got these 20 bucks. Here you go. And the boss might say, hey, I planted it there. Can I tell you, you're loyal. You're faithful. And that's exactly what trials are about. See, let me tell you what happens with trials. You're either, gonna, you're either going to abandon God he never abandons us. Or you're going to say, God, I need you right now. Because sometimes it's testing for us to move forward. Beloved, can I tell you, don't quit. Amen. When you're going through a trial, don't quit. Hold on to God. So when trials come, you're more than a conqueror. Point number four, when love seems to fade. Woo, here we go. And it does. And it does. If you've been married more than five years. Come on. Don't be getting all haughty on him, my love. I love him the same. Bologna and macaroni. Amen? The only way that we can love the same is in God. In our flesh, we can't. So when, when, when love comes and, and, and it begins to fade, you can trust in the one whose love is true and eternal forever. The Bible says God so loved the world. You see, God's love is agape. It's not determined by others' actions. It's who he is. It never fades, and he never fails. This love conquers hate. It conquers hurt. It conquers betrayal. This love will say from the cross, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. You see, this love is ugly. This love was beaten. And it never, ever, ever says, I don't love you anymore. He continues to reach out. It never fades. I'm saying it's ugly because it had to, Jesus went through so much. And on Friday, when we remember Good Friday, it's good for us, but it wasn't good for him. Watch watch the Passion movie this Friday. And see what our Lord endured for us because of our, and I'm going to say this, because of our knucklehead behavior. Amen? And I'm at, the, I'm at the front. Because of everything that I've done wrong, everything that I do wrong, and everything that I will do wrong, God loved me. This man loved me. The Savior loved me. And that love never fades. So when love fades... Can I tell you something, beloved? We are more than conquerors. When my love fades, I can draw on his love and I can move forward. 
The Bible says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, hardship, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Tell your neighbor, when love seems to fade, we are more than conquerors. Amen? Lily George needs that. <laughs> point number five. Last point. When death stares us in the face, Travis's story speaks to the reality that death may be one step away. My brother who has cancer, he knows that death is staring him in the face. But what we can hold on to is this, beloved. I love this scripture. It says, I am convinced that neither death nor life nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Can I tell you why? Because Jesus is more than a conqueror and we will overcome. Woo! Tell your neighbor, tell your loved one, tell them right now, we will overcome. Yeah. Let me close with this statement right here, okay? One of the main purposes of Jesus' death was so he could conquer the grave. So you and I could be forgiven. And that we could die with an assurance that we will never be separated from God. Does that give you some hope? So that you and I will trust that God will raise us from the dead to eternal life and a glorified existence. I think that's awesome. But we can only do this through a relationship with our Savior, Jesus Christ. And I, I pray, I pray that every one of us will embrace that. And walk in that. Amen? Amen? Let me pray with you. Thank you, Lord. Father, thank you again for each person here. I don't know what adversity that they may be going through. I don't know what uh, setbacks they may have had or are having. I don't know what trials that they're facing. I don't know, Lord God, if uh, their love that they once had is fading. And I don't know, Lord God, if any of anybody in here is facing death, but I do know this. I do know this, that, Lord, you're the conqueror. And if we embrace your love, if we embrace your forgiveness, if we embrace your, embrace your salvation, we too will be more than conquerors. So I pray for every person, for every situation, in the name of Jesus, and I pray that you will reverse what the devil's trying to do. If there's sickness, Lord God, we trust in the great physician, Jesus Christ. You will use doctors here on earth, but you, Lord God, are the one that heals. If there's a trial, Lord God, let them know that you're carrying them through this difficult time. If there's adversity, let them know that you'll strengthen them, Father. And if the love is fading, I pray that you will pour love into their hearts 
so that they can share that love, not only, that, not only reciprocate it to you, but so that they can share it with others and that the devil won't have the last word. The devil is here to rob that love and insert lust. But God, you're here to give us true love. And true love is not a feeling. It's a choice. It's a choice to go the utmost mile. To go the utmost uh, uh, circumstance. To go the utmost difficulty. And give that love away to those that you've called us to do. So we give you honor and praise. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.